We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. I am Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. Perpetual Chess is a weekly chess interview show with accomplished chess players, authors, personalities, and adult improvers where they discuss their lives, their careers, and share tips about how to improve at chess. For more information, go to perpetualchesspod.com. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Perpetual Chess. We have an inspiring uh incredibly accomplished guest joining us this week. He is an elite player, a trainer, a chessable author, a YouTube presenter, and a chess commentator. And as of this year, a dad. Uh, He's the six-time champion of India. In fact, he won it six years in a row from 2003 to 2009. He was the Asian champion in 2009. Many other medals and distinctions that we don't have time to name all of. He's been a top 100 player in the world in the world. His new chessable course is called Lifetime Repertoires Nimzo Semi Tarash. He somewhat famously served on the team of his the world championship preparation team of his childhood hero Viswanathan Anand for three different world championships. He's also a founder founding teacher of Pro Chess Training which he co-founded with friend of the pod Grandmaster RB Ramesh and GM Magesh Pant Panchanathan, and I think that is enough of a glowing introduction. So without further ado, let's welcome Grandmaster Surya Ganguly. Surya, thank you for joining the show. Thanks, Ben. It's it's an honor to be here. Thank you. 
Well, it's an honor for me. I mean, you've you've done so much in chess. I mean, obviously, over the board, just incredible accomplishments, which we'll discuss in due time. But in, in the past year, I think partially related to quarantine, you've expanded what you've done even more. I mean, you had this incredible interview YouTube series um, with many of the legends of the game um, and doing commenting commentating out with the chessable course. But Surya, if you don't mind, where I'd like to begin is the World Championship, because this is a weekly show, and we haven't talked about it for a while. And of course, you have a unique perspective, uh, having been a part of three World Championship teams. So as we record this on August 30th, there's less than 100 days before the World Championship begins on November 26th in Dubai, between, of course, Magnus Carlsen and Magnus Napomniachi. I mean, <laughs> Jan Napomniachi. Um, but my first question for you, Surya, was... In your time working on Vichy's team, what would you be doing at this stage of the tournament, of, of preparation? Mm. Let me first of all go uh, slightly backward. I just uh, wanted to inform that uh, when you are giving this long, sweet introduction, uh, the the biggest smile that, uh, that I got was when you told me I became a dad. So... <laughs> Uh, I would. I really like that part when you gave an interaction that uh, life changed drastically. All right, now getting back to your uh, your question on World Championship match. Uh, well, we'll be mainly checking uh, on openings uh, and uh, <clears throat> also play training games, uh, uh, give unknown positions uh, to solve, to give training positions. Now, I also want to emphasize that. Uh, Giving Anand the training position, it's like feeding an elephant. Because uh, <laughs> first of all, you have to find a position which he's not aware of. Secondly, he's incredibly fast. So you have to find, you know, that kind of position which is challenging for him. And then, you know, uh, you have to have that that might, uh, that kind of amount of uh, position which uh, we will be able to feed him every day. So that, apart from opening even, you know, giving him training positions was also... Very challenging. At some point, we came up with this idea that uh, whatever we are analyzing on the opening, uh, before showing that to him, we would actually give him as puzzles. And that turned out to be a fantastic uh, way of working on openings. So, you know, let's say he gives me some certain line, like, okay, Surya, check this. And I start working on those. Obviously, we will be uh, uh, be checking uh, various... um, complicated lines and complicated strategic dynamics etc and then we would give this to anand as puzzles so yeah it was opening oriented but it also covered uh, a thorough in in a greater part uh, of the game our typical schedule uh, i remember for the kramnik match was like we would start at 11 o'clock and we would finish around uh, night one o'clock with lunch and dinner breaks so yeah it was um it was uh, very demanding. It was uh, extremely hard working, but also it was immense fun. I mean, every moment of it, I enjoy it. That's great perspective. Um, and I know you've mentioned in the past, uh, Grandmaster Anand's uh, legendary work ethic, how it was, even though you felt like you worked hard on chess, it was a wake-up call for you. Now, let me ask you, sir, let's, get a, let's go a little more big picture first. So, um, and of course, uh, your role in the the sort of function of the team has been discussed in the great book, The Anon Files, by F.M. Michael Oblin, who's been on the show, and uh, Vichy himself discusses it in Mindmaster. And uh, I, we were lucky enough to have Grandmaster Peter Hein Nielsen take us behind the scenes of the Gelfand match here on this podcast. 
But one thing I wonder is, so at this stage, are you guys all living somewhere together? Were you, uh, and again, obviously it could be different for Magnus and Napomnici, but just to give some perspective, was this being done online at this stage, this far out, or were you guys all already convened somewhere? Yeah, it was always, uh, almost always exclusively at Batsoden where uh, Anand lives, used to live. Um, now he's moved to Chennai. So all our camps were uh, uh, in Germany. That's where we worked. I don't remember any online camps as such. I mean, somehow it was never uh, as productive as, uh, uh, you know, physical trainings. I mean, there uh, the team would gather. So there were four core members, me, uh, Radek, uh, Radoslav Oitacek, Rustam Kazimzanov, and Peter Heine Nielsen. And a lo- lots of uh, great players, great uh, trainers um, uh, would often come and go. But this has been the core team which uh, was working. And it was always physical. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. And in terms of the opening repertoires, like, obviously, that's extremely valuable information. Of course, in the sort of annals of chess history, there have been stories of uh, top players not knowing who to trust and who not to trust with the information of what openings they're going to play. So were, was your core team, the four of you, you guys were aware of what choices had been made in terms of what Vichy would play in each match? Yeah. Um uh, we had we had immense immense trust among each other. Uh, in fact, uh, the the team Anand uh, had so much good coordination uh, throughout uh, all these camps. Uh, actually, never heard any any time you know someone accusing uh, another team member saying that you know why you didn't uh, look at this variation properly. There is that there was certain flaw. I mean, you know, when you're working at that level, there will be some mistakes happening, even in analysis, even with the best of computer, you know, you you will, you, you might end up missing certain lines, but uh, never, not even once uh, anyone accused anyone for uh, missing certain things. And in fact, the team warning was so high. I particularly remember uh, in many matches, but uh, okay, let's just give an example. Uh, during the Gelfand match, uh, often we would have this... Uh, this thought, like uh, what to tell Anand and what not to tell Anand. Hmm. You know, sometimes, uh, let's say we find an idea. There are, uh, let's say, nine positive sides. And then there is this f- series of, you know, some obscure line where we might get into uh, not such an ideal situation. Now, we would o- often debate uh, before the game, should we tell him or not? And often it has happened, we never told him. Because if we tell him, he would start with that because that that's the tendency, right? So even we went to that extent where uh, at some point we would uh, simply take the call that, uh, okay, no, let's not inform Anand about this. That, that's funny. And I guess, you know, for the most part, it worked out. You were only parts of uh, winning teams, as you've discussed in the past. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it would be very painful for me to see Anand losing. And I'm... Uh, I'm extremely satisfied that each time uh, I saw him winning. And I mean, even when I was not uh, part of this Chennai match, it was so painful for me to watch him losing. I mean, this was really, really painful. Yeah. And of course, uh, Surya on his YouTube channel has an incredible four-part interview featuring Vishyanan and sometimes uh, his wife, Abruna, joins them as well. So if if any listeners haven't checked that out, uh, it's uh, required viewing. Now, I know, Surya, that you generally, I mean, I, I've 
as I mentioned, I've interviewed a lot of people who've worked on world championship teams. And I know that often um, someone on the team will be assigned a specific opening um, that they focus on. I'm curious, was that the case for you? And and assuming it was the case, were you also aware of everything else that Vichy was working on? Um, how did that all work? So uh, when we started this journey, like uh, for the Kramnik match, uh, um, it was very difficult for me. Um, at that time, my opening knowledge was extremely narrow. I would play just one line as white, one line as black, one or two lines as black. So it might sound extremely um, odd uh, if I tell you that during Kramnik match, uh, um, you know, when I would get analysis, I would actually go to Rustam and ask, ask him, what is Meran? What does it mean by Meran? What is anti-Moscow? What is Moscow? I didn't even know. I mean, literally. I mean, I was a grandmaster, but I would I would not know the names of the opening. I would uh, I would know what to find. And how do you find something new when you do not know what is the existing? So, in order to find <clears throat> know the existing theory, uh, I had to go through all these notes. And Arnold's notes always had a huge number of lines. Everything is covered. So even to find something new, first of all, I had to study those things. And uh, initially, it was uh, it was actually overwhelming because uh, to go through this insurmountable uh, amount of work, um, which was beyond my imagination, literally beyond my imagination, uh, it took a lot of time to adapt. I used to spend extra time just to even, you know, like to understand these openings because I was a hardcore E4 player and for Kramnik match, Anand was playing exclusively D4. Now, uh, initially, I was more treated as an anti-computer guy, I think, uh, you know, to find tactical ideas or to find ideas which computers are missing. So I remember for Kramnik match, I was always getting positions which are super messy, super complicated. And uh, it was more or less, you know, uh, to have a tactical check, to have... Uh, so they would work on some line and they would say, you know, Surya see if there are some loopholes here. So I would try to come up with something interesting which computers are not showing. That was uh, more or less my job for uh, Kramnik match. But as uh, the match kind of progressed, as we started uh, training more often, slowly I started picking up uh, all sorts of lines. And already by Topol of match and subsequently by Gelfand match, I was playing everything. I was uh, part of uh, every single uh, detail. So it started with the topple of match when we decided uh, we should get more organized and everyone should know everything. So by topple of when topple of match happened, uh, all the team members knew every single thing that was going on in the repertoire. So during Kramnik match, it was still kind of uh, work based. You know, I have got this assignment. Uh, Rustam had got some different assignment, but. Uh, couple of match onwards it was like uh, everybody's involved in everything and that worked even better okay yeah and of <laughs> course um with peter hein nielsen having been a part of that team and presumably still being a part of magnus's team although no one really knows it might be fair to fair to guess that that's that's how things move going forward um now, what, there's so many questions I could ask you about this stuff. I, I find it fascinating, and I hope and think that, that listeners do as well. Now, one thing, of course, Surya, um, as we'll talk, as I'd like to ask you about later, you're a big fan of physical training yourself. 
uh, play some badminton and ping pong, and I'm sure other sports. And of course, that's taken a more prominent role for elite players generally. So to the extent that Vichy was doing physical training, was your team involved in that? Um, Because I know that often you'll hear about top players going for walks with their seconds to sort of brainstorm. Like, So when you say you're working from 11 a.m. to 1 a.m., each day does that involve breaks where there's physical training or is it just all chess all day uh we, we used to do some physical training but it involved mainly walks sometimes i remember we would do stairs and uh, uh, we had to, that's why we were starting at 11 so anand could finish his uh, his physical training if we want to do we could do physical training uh, in the morning uh but uh, once the training started it was mostly you know taking breaks for uh, long walks Okay, so mostly just all chess all the time. Um, and it's so hard to know, I mean, especially from my perspective, but I think from even from yours, as we uh, dig down deeper looking at this upcoming match, um, do you have any guesses about sort of opening choices? Like these guys are so versatile now. Um, any like stylistic choices you think either player might make, Surya? I think chess has changed drastically um, with the younger generation. I mean, let's go go back to, uh, you know, when Kasparov was uh, playing full-fledgedly uh, in an, uh, let's say, a tournament like Linares or Dortmund or Wyk. Uh, you wouldn't see that many sidelines happening. Maybe, you know, like some. Morozovic playing some sidelines uh, and, okay, maybe some top players playing here and there, some sidelines, but not that often. For example, I can take, I can, I can name literally uh, any opening and uh, a- any kind of sidelines. That was not very n- natural. But nowadays, if you look at tournaments, everything, literally everything, is being played. And uh, with strong computers coming, I think the opening approach also changed. I mean, you cannot just stick to only main lines; it will not solve the purpose. Because everybody is well prepared, informations are available. You cannot hide anything nowadays. Everybody has got uh, access to the you know strong machines, all sorts of bases, correspondence bases, computer bases. So everybody is working hard uh, nowadays. It's more about getting a position which is uh, unfamiliar. So that's why uh, players are constantly jumping, and uh, it's almost impossible to predict what is going to come. So. No, it's I won't uh, I won't be able to predict what openings are going to happen in uh, in the upcoming World Championship match because pretty much everything is possible. Yeah, it's it's true generally that I mean again these players are so versatile and they can play anything at any time. But I have noticed that in the World Championships in particular, it still seems like at least as of the the recent World Championships that could change this time, there's still a main repertoire that it seems like players go in with where like it's innocent until proven guilty, like Magnus springing the surprise with the Shveshnikov and basically rarely encountered difficulties. So he rarely switched um, against Caruana. Meanwhile, with with White, it seemed like he was having trouble getting an advantage, so he did try the English and stuff like that. Um, so it does seem like, and of course, in in I believe it was game one um, against Karyak, and he played the Trumpovsky in, in game one just to sort of throw a curveball right from the beginning. So it does seem like there's still something uh, first and foremost that, uh, the, that each player prepares uh, for each color against each main move. 
So I, I am curious, like stylistically, you know, Magnus, of course, being famously more technical and uh, Jan being maybe more dynamic, although again, these guys are amazing at everything. Do you think that they'll try to steer into particular waters, Surya? Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing is for sure what you, you made a very valid point uh, in terms of world championship uh, matches. Uh, I'm not expecting a blitz, uh, something like Budapest or... Um, <laughs> you know, you know some uh, some some sidelines, um, but even in the main lines, like uh, for example, Gelfand playing Sveshnikov and uh, you know Grunfeld was one of the biggest surprises we got in, uh, in the World Championship match. Uh, so even in terms of main lines, we don't know where uh, what is going to come. It it can literally be anything. And uh, in terms of style, yes, for sure, uh, Magnus is more technical and uh, Jan is uh, more tactical. And you rightly pointed out it is uh, subjective. I mean, uh, at that level, I mean, uh, you know, like uh, Magnus is also exceptionally sharp in tactics, but technically he's uh, more stronger as compared to his uh, tactical skill and same for uh, Jan. But... uh, I think a lot depends also how they take the match, how they how they approach the match. One thing I really liked uh, this addition of Peter Leko in Jan's team. Mm-hmm. I think the style is so diverse. I mean, I I have worked with Peter a number of times uh, individually and also uh, in Anand's team. So I'm actually very curious to see how their training sessions are with uh, Jan and Peter. It is so so diverse. And I think someone like this is what Jan needed, uh, you know, for candidates, uh, for example, uh, someone who would uh, kind of slow him down, who would uh, get, uh, get more stability in, his, uh, in Jan's game. And it got reflected, I must say, Jan, uh, Jan's game. I mean, Jan is a very exceptionally strong player and, uh, and his, his game actually improved in... Uh, pretty much every aspect. So, and we also know that uh, if we look at the classical score, it's 4-1 to one in favor of Ian. I don't know how many players are having that kind of score against the world champion. So, four wins and just one loss. But, uh, yeah, still Magnus is um, uh, a stronger player in terms of results, in terms of rating everywhere. So, Expecting a very exciting match. Yeah, I can't wait for it uh, as it gets closer every day. And so, yeah, a player of your stature, obviously at the top, you know, for for world-class players such as yourself, I mean, it's a fairly small circle of people. And, of course, uh, Jan's team became public, or at least the the parts that he was willing to become public became public after he won the candidates, as you mentioned, including Grandmaster Peter Lecoe. Um do you hear anything about who might be on what team that like someone like me, you know, dedicated chess fan, but not, not best friends with a lot of uh, world-class players. Do you hear anything about who might be on what team or even just conjecture based on who's not appearing in tournaments and stuff like that? No, this, I have absolutely no idea about, um, but I expect some kind of surprise in, uh, in both teams, but I do not have any information on this. Okay. And, 
um, just one or two more on on the world championship. So it sounds like you're expecting a close match, a dynamic match, um, unpredictable, possibly more uh, decisive results than we've seen in recent years. Do you have any prediction about the winner? Um, if I have to pick one right now, I'll pick Magnus. And I'm also, by the way, I want to add that I'm very excited. Um, uh, I'm part of this uh, uh, Polgar team, uh, the the Kramnik Polgar Challenge, which is going on. Right. Yeah. And uh, the team which will who will win this uh, this championship, like this altogether score, the entire team will be going to uh, Dubai to to visit the World Championship match and. After three tournaments, uh, we are currently leading. We have a strong lead. And the final tournament is coming soon. And I'm kind of excited because I'm I'm also a trainer there. So I hope uh, my team wins and uh, all of us go together to witness the match. That would be amazing. We'll be, we'll be rooting for you. Can I and, add one uh, more thing, by the way? Of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, it might be surprising, but, uh, you know, I, I helped Anand uh, for... I worked for Anand in these three World Championship matches. Uh, Kramnik, uh, Topolov, and Gelfand. But I actually never, never saw him making the move physically because we never went to the <laughs> tournament hall. So I actually never saw a World Championship match live. So this would be the first time. That's very funny. <laughs> if it happens, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the more reason to root for you. Yeah. Um, and we have a, a question from longtime uh, listener and friend of the pod, Chris Brainscott. And what Chris asks, Surya, is uh, do you think that your prior experience working for world championship matches would make some someone hiring you for future matches more likely, less likely, or neither? Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, it a lot depends how uh, how they know about uh, first of all my working style and also what kind of relationship i what kind of bonding i have with uh, with that particular person i think it really matters a lot uh for example i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure i mean i i have got many many strong uh, stronger players who are uh, who are my good friends so for example uh, they would feel more comfortable than someone you know who doesn't know me personally uh because this bonding is really needed it's not just about the analytical skill it's also about uh, bringing that team spirit, bringing the good vibes. And this is what I always felt in Anand's team. That, uh, you know, all of us were such great friends, buddies. And, you know, uh, we had such a g- great team spirit. And end of the day, I think this is what uh, will make a lot of difference. Not just, you know, how good you are working, but also um, how much bonding uh, and how what sort of team spirit we have inside the team so yeah um, I, I i don't think i answered that question in a straightforward way but i guess you you got the hang of it to just yeah yeah i did and of course you've yeah. talked uh, at length in the past both in your interview with vishy and it's been written about in in the books we mentioned there was this sense with when you were began your work with Anand's team that you were sort of handpicked and uh, yeah. and uh, you, you to this day don't know <laughs> what you did to deserve this right yeah, but uh, so. absolutely I mean if now, now somebody would pick me uh, hypothetically right. let's say if I was picked for one of this uh, up in upcoming world championship match for one of this team I would totally understand I mean here I will not have any surprise uh, uh, but uh, back then I just uh, I did not understand and I still don't uh, get it why he picked me 
Yeah, well, it's a great lore that he did. And uh, definitely, we appreciate the insights that you're able to provide from those experiences. But Surya, we've we've got a lot to talk about uh, with uh, such such a broad array of um, contributions you make to the chess world. So I'd like to get into your chess learning and your chessable course. But uh, first, we're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors. Perpetual Chess is brought to you in part by aimchess.com. If you haven't checked out aimchess.com by now, what are you waiting for? What aimchess does is it collects your games from the major chess sites and then gives you actionable advice of how to improve your game. It might be to work on a specific opening or to get better at end games or improve your time management or whatever it may be. And then it gives you related puzzles to help you improve that specific skill. They are constantly improving the site. They recently added blindfold tactics, time management training, common checkmate patterns. So there's so much to do there. If you decide to subscribe, be sure to use the promo code PERPETUAL30. Details are in the show notes for aimchess.com. Perpetual Chess is brought to you in part by ChessMood.com. ChessMood is a subscription video service by a team of GMs headed by Grandmaster Avchek Gregorian, who you can hear on episode 192 of Perpetual Chess. They offer a comprehensive video library featuring an opening repertoire for both colors, as well as courses on middle game and end game mastery. They also have great free content. Avtech has an insightful blog, and they have a YouTube channel featuring daily lessons with a grandmaster. So all the links you need if you want to find out more are in the show description, or just go to chessmood.com and have a look around if you're interested. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back. And the course, uh, Surya's new course, is called Lifetime Repertoires Nimzo Semi Tarash. Uh, as a Nimzo player and uh, someone who's going to interview Surya, of course, I picked it up. Uh, part one focuses on the Nimzo Indian, um, as well as what to do against all these pesky um, system openings that Surya alluded to in the world that we could even see in the world championship potentially. And part two, we'll deal with the semi tirage. Now, Surya, I wanted to ask you about a quote from the course, um, because of course, Chessable, obviously, uh, they've built a business around, um, their spaced repetition, which I find incredibly valuable, um, in assisting memory, but one also must walk the fine line of, uh, knowing what they're remembering. And you say, uh, early in the course, um, for me, this is a quote, for me, memorization without understanding is a sin. So I think that's an important uh, point to highlight, and I would love to hear you talk more about that, Sergio. Um, so yeah, I always believe this, that uh, if you memorize something without understanding, it's uh, it has got a very short span in your mind. It will fade away. Uh, it's not just about chess, practically about anything. That's why, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I, I remember my school days, I would prepare for exams. And if I would just remember something for the sake of, uh, you know, writing those in the exams, uh, as soon as the exam is over, I'll forget it. In fact, even now, you know, before a game, if I'm preparing something very quickly and just uh, screaming through the computer lines, uh, I will never 
I will probably remember it for the game, but after that, I will have just no recollection. So I wanted to uh, emphasize this. This is how I work on openings. This is how I uh, also during World Championship match, you know, when I'm explaining uh, certain ideas, uh, we will never just give some random computer lines, but actually to uh, to explain how it is, how things are going. Uh, this is how I personally also prepare openings. And that's what I wanted to emphasize on my course as well, that uh, you, you need to understand uh, uh, first. And in that case, even if you forget the lines, you'll be able to figure it out over the board. You can calculate, you understand, you know, once you understand the gist of the opening, why you are playing certain things, let's say Nimzo Indian, uh, take some, any variation, let's say Karpov, Karpov system or uh, anything, yeah, Rubenstein, uh, unless you know the concept in a, in, a, in a bigger way, you understand each and every move, the reasoning, uh, you are bound to forget. And the last thing, the really the last thing you want to do uh, during a game is half remembering, half calculating. You are neither hmm. here nor there. And it I've often happens, there. yeah, like, you know, yeah. we, we we see like, yeah, I have seen this, you know, somewhere black plays bishop g4, maybe it is in this variation, and then we are kind of half calculating. That's something we should never do. Either you calculate there, sit there and calculate, or, you know, you, you are 100% sure you remember everything. So that's why it's better, you know, uh, when you're preparing uh, to understand as clearly as possible. So... We do, of course, find ourselves in that situation sometimes where we feel like we're maybe half remembering, half calculating. So what do you advise to do if you find yourself having that impulse, Surya? In that case, I would suggest uh, just calculate. Okay. If you if you try to remember, okay, you know, like uh, just close your eyes, remember, uh, I don't know, for a minute or something. And then if you cannot uh, do it, don't make the chess game a jigsaw puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's better to, you know, just sit there and calculate. And I'm saying this from my personal experience. Like I have, uh, I have lost number of games like this uh, uh, by half remembering uh, and half calculating. Okay. So it happens even up to your level. That's, um, I guess, reassuring, but good advice nonetheless. And I will say Surya does an, a fantastic job in his course of explaining basically every move, which um, obviously I'm a big fan of Chessable, but um, some courses are more successful at doing this than others. And it is, um, it's very helpful, but I still think players and especially, obviously, the lower you go sort of down the, the rating ladder, the more common the feeling is going to be where like if every move is not explained, you're not going to really understand the move. So, so yeah, in those situations where a player doesn't understand the move and it's not explained in the analysis, how do you recommend trying to to get to the bottom of it? Uh, well, um, it would have been nicer if I could, uh, you know, uh, show how exactly I work with engines. Uh, yeah. Ba- basically, what is to be done is uh, you turn on some engine. Uh, it's fine to turn on the engine as long as you are driving. Not like, you okay. know, you, you are getting driven by the engine just by hitting <laughs> spacebar and seeing what is the best move. Then you are like completely lost. Start the engine or e- even before, you can make your own moves, couple of your own moves, like the way you want to uh, calculate the, the moves that uh, bothers you, the move that you are scared of from your opponent's side. And then check with the engine why these moves are not working. So it's basically engine should be your friend who will say 
uh, whom you will guide basically you will clear your doubts with the engine that is i'm saying you know if you don't have any uh, let's say any personal trainer and so on now uh, my chessable course uh, was actually very challenging to me it took i don't know more than 6 mo- roughly about 6 months probably uh, i wanted to make a course which is uh, useful for every level and when i say every level i literally mean every level uh, e- even like before the candidates uh, i was i was convinced that there will be some novelties which many players would not know uh, might not know even at that level but at the same time uh, it should be accessible to players uh, who are amateurs also so the way i did was uh, i did not compromise with the notes with the novelties so everything that you are seeing in my course i am ready to play this against best of the players in any given championship but at the same time uh, i made sure uh, all the moves are explained in such a uh, level in particularly in my videos that anybody would understand it and it will be uh, again accessible for everyone yeah and again i i was really impressed with it and i'm excited to uh, continue to to dig into it now sir i'm sure uh, avid chessable fans are wondering um of course in the information age these days there's there's lots of resources and even with chessable there's a uh, I am Christoph Selecki and Daniel Barish's uh Nimzo Rogozin course. Um so um could you uh give give listeners any insights about any sort of obviously the semi tourage and the Rogozin are totally different so that part's easy but in terms of the Nimzo have you had a look at that course and could you speak to any sort of stylistic differences uh between them? Absolutely. So first of all uh I wanted to make a course uh, again this is my experience from all these world championship matches. to write your own theory to challenge everything that is traditional uh so you will see very rarely like you know in probably just a couple of lines where i am following the so called uh, main theory but otherwise in almost in every possible line i am uh deviating as quickly as possible getting into a fresh uh, territory surprising your opponent and if you look at uh, world championship matches uh, against kramnik topolov uh, and gelfen you would also notice that uh, we introduce system i mean let's say the kramnik match yeah this entire meran thing so we introduced uh, an entire system it's not just a novelty so this is what i tried to give in my course that's that's what i think it uh, uh, sets it apart completely and there are many world championship novelties which were not used uh which can be found in the course so when i made the course i was 100% sure i mean um, it will not match with uh, any other course uh, there's just no way there's just no way it will match because uh, i'll be deviating uh, in in the most unique manner uh in pretty much in every lens excellent and the semi tourash half of the course i believe is coming out um and pretty soon right like october is that right do you know sir well uh, i wanted to do it but then uh, things are kind of um, i have to admit that uh, we have to wait a little bit more because i i'm starting to play tournaments i'm playing in yeah. sharjah then grand swiss is happening so i'm trying my best to get it done as quickly as possible but uh, definitely not october okay well i mean first of all it's great that you're 
a able to play given uh, the the pandemic that's been going on, and also still pursuing that. And I know that you recently played in Beale, and uh, it's it's I'm sure it makes you a better course author that you're still uh, out there um, competing against these other uh, chess monsters. Now, Surya, I want to talk a bit more about chess improvement, but pivot and talk talk about our pro chess training, your new site. But first, we're going to take one more break and hear from our sponsors. Perpetual Chess is proud to be brought to you in part by Chessable.com. Chessable, of course, is known for its proprietary move trainer technology, which utilizes space repetition to quiz you and make sure that you remember whatever tactical patterns or opening sequences that you're working on. They have a huge catalog of great books from top flight authors, both for purchase. And if you check for their short and sweet courses, you can find tons of free content. Speaking of free content, Chessable, of course, has also recently launched an adult improvement focused chess podcast called How to Chess with yours truly hosting it. Check for it on Chessable's YouTube channel, and you can also subscribe on the podcast platforms. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. And so, Surya, you and Grandmaster Ramesh and uh, Grandmaster Magesh have launched this uh, this site called Pro Chess Training. Um, could you could you let our listeners know a little bit about the vision behind it and what how, what your role is within uh, the organization? Sure. Uh, so Ramesh contacted me um, long back, actually, and um, he said uh, he wants to launch. Uh, an, an online platform and he is looking for someone you know with whom he could work now Ramesh I knew from my childhood basically when I started playing chess I knew him so uh, we are good good friends and uh, I know um, as a human being he's excellent so uh, as far as integrity is concerned uh, he's definitely the guy uh, I would normally never get into any kind of business because you know I don't have um, that kind of uh, mindset i don't know how to work on this academies i can just be a coach in in anywhere I can, I can train with players but to have something where you you have a lot more responsibility uh this i wasn't sure but when ramesh approached uh, just because it is ramesh uh, you know i started uh, listening to him soon magesh joined in and then I realized that with these guys, we cannot create, I, I will never create something which just makes money and do not give anything to the uh, students properly. So uh, that that's the first reason for me to get into this. It took us five months to actually just set, set up the course, like how this should be, how it will be beneficial for the maximum benefit to the students. Now, uh, it was it was very easy to have you know just one single class and get some good coaches which is open to all maybe some underrated players will be learning with uh, some twenty four hundred players and we get some big guys for coaching now I think this is very good business but uh, end of the day this is uh, I will go as far as saying you know it's not that useful I mean it's good for YouTube but when we are talking about 
proper training it has to be categorized there has to be some groups there has to be some proper syllabus and you need some specialized coaches for those particular groups so we broke it down to five groups uh, the first group is about 1000 to 1400 then 1400 to 1800 then 1800 to 2200 the fourth group is 2200 to 2400 and the final group is 2400 plus and where many grandmasters are also <coughs> uh, welcome as a student in the last group which is uh, the group 5 uh, 2400 plus players there we ha- actually have couple of 2600s like uh, like vokaturo like uh, prag like murli kartikeyan who are uh, who have joined as students there are many grandmasters who are students and in this particular group we get uh, coaches like you know uh, kazimzanov ponomaryov nisipiano swidler and 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 many actually elianov navara hari tot and myself and ramesh we are also teaching um i personally uh, go through every single pgn file every single video of process training from group 1 to group 5 actually that's my currently that is my um, that is my main training that i get because we have huh. got like 40 coaches and everybody specialized in certain uh, areas so we know you know who are the coaches a coach can be great teaching let's say 2400 plus player but maybe he is not so great uh, dealing with uh, players who are 1400 so not necessarily there are some coaches who are capable of teaching in any groups uh, thanks to my youtube streams now i am capable of teaching absolutely anyone uh, mm-hmm. so that's why i am teaching in all the groups whenever i have time when i'm playing tournament of course i cannot do it but uh, yeah basically the objective was uh, to provide something that is extremely economical for example i can just give you a rough uh, idea like let's say in group 4 which is like 2200 to 2400 they get uh, weekly four trainings uh, plus two training games two tournaments plus review test this is in one week and these trainers are between let's say 2500 to 2700 and uh, for this plan in a entire month they have to pay 100 dollars in reality like this 100 dollars will basically last only one single individual session of one hour and here they are getting a huge amount of uh, trainers and we also have uh, sorry for making this slightly longer this answer uh, no. we also have uh, the mentor for each groups who are kind of responsible who checks again all the files and uh, uh, fix the topic fix the schedule arrange the tournaments arrange the training sessions and i am actually overwhelmed with the response we got uh, everyone who joined you know they are just uh, they are performing good they are always sticking to process training and uh, every time we are bringing someone new uh, we are making like last uh, in the last month we got wesley for the uh, for the highest group this in the september wow. we'll we'll get anish uh, anish will be doing uh, some opening training with the students So yeah it's it's growing and um, I'm thoroughly enjoying every moment of it. I actually get to learn a lot because imagine imagine uh, you know uh, we ask some grandmaster that you know you have to go and get make a training session in a group of 25 grandmasters or 25 players who are uh, 2400 plus and it involves players like Vokaturo, Prag, uh, Kartikeyan it's quite intimidating actually you cannot just go empty handed you really have to have some unique material to teach them so it's quite challenging and uh, in the process i am also learning a lot 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, those kids are, are monsters. So yeah. <laughs> it would definitely uh, take some work. And and so, yeah, what do you notice about the way that, that kids are, are learning today? I mean, obviously, it's kind of a hot button topic, the uh, explosion of um, chess information that's available and the sort of speed with which uh, um, kids in particular are, are improving. Um, how, how, do you, how does that affect your career and uh, how do you adapt your teaching material for that? I remembered uh, when I was uh, I was at their age, uh, we had to wait uh, one whole year for one single GM tournament, which used to take place in my city. I'm, I'm talking about India. And um, in that one tournament, we would get to meet the grandmasters. So like once in a year, we, you get to meet the grandmasters. Here, if we talk about uh, Indian youngsters, they're getting coaching everywhere. There is uh, Anand's Academy where they're getting trained there is process training, they have all these individual students, uh, then there is this Gelfand, uh, sorry uh, Kramnik Polga Challenge where they're getting trained by all the great trainers so, and they have their personal trainer and the information is available widely so these kids are actually monsters, now training them uh, is difficult, it is challenging but still you know you can um, their best, um, their best strength is their eagerness to learn, their calculating capacity, their speed. But still, their knowledge is uh, something that where you can, where we can uh, help them. So you know, we work on end games, we work on classics, uh, also uh, personal experience. I think uh, uh, you know, the time is. Uh, Precious, so they they cannot just rely, you know, that I learned from my own mistake. They have to also learn from others' mistake, and uh, I can actually even show my games where I am going wrong, and uh, they they can learn from that. But mainly, I would say it is about knowledge and wisdom. That is what I'm uh, sharing. Makes sense. And do you have many uh, adult students in pro chess training? Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, if you if you are just speaking about age. It's, we have, uh, I think, from uh, 6 to, let's say, 65. So, okay. and another thing, yeah, so, so this group 1 and 2, so basically until um, 1800, we are using this interactive boards, uh, which means uh, at any given moment uh, when I'm asking the students, you know, what move has to be played here, uh, they actually don't type, they don't say it on voice, but they get it on their screen. And they have to make the that particular move or a series of move, whichever way I am kind of uh, asking the we are asking the questions, and we are actually getting all this data. So you know, even there are a group of fifty people or hundred people or hundred twenty people, it doesn't really matter. Particularly in group one and two, because I am always seeing what was their first attempt, how much time they took, and we are getting all this data. And this all this is also applicable with all their homework, their weekly homework when we are sending. Uh, we actually get to see who took how much time, what was their first attempt, what was their second attempt. And that gets a bit personalized because slowly I get to know, you know, uh, what players are uh, thinking, what kind of moves. So that really helps us to uh, get to this student and say, you know, look, this is where you have to improve. Then we have got all our individual WhatsApp groups and, you know, Facebook, Discord, everywhere where uh, they are yeah. communicating with the coaches. Sounds like a lot of work for you coaches, let alone for the, <laughs> for the students. Um, I have to say admins. I mean, we have got some very strong admins also who are taking care of the technical part, 
and then we assign different coaches you know uh, cer- certain coach will deal with different groups for example i am always in charge of the uh, group 5 which is 2400 plus so I, I i know everything what is going on there so i am assigned for that so likewise you know everyone everyone has got their own role which they're doing it sincerely and obviously no i mean it sounds amazing to get that much instruction four lessons per week um and I'm sure people are doing stuff on top of that. But obviously, no matter what people get in terms of, as you say, group lessons and individual lessons, um, a lot of the improvement that one makes or doesn't make is going to come down to what they do on their own. So, uh, Surya, I'm sure you get asked this by your students all the time, but how, how do you advise, uh, especially adult improvers who are not looking to become world champions, how do you advise them to sort of budget their their chess study time? Um. First of all, one thing I always, uh, all, all three of us, myself, Ramesh and Magesh, uh, we are brutally honest on this. So if somebody would come and ask, you know, uh, talking about, first I'll talk about the financial budget that we have this much money and we can only afford, let's say, process training or we can get an individual coach. We will actually say, you know, don't get into process training, get an individual coach because this is not a substitute for your personalized individual training. In fact, uh, for example, in process training, we very rarely show openings. We say, you know, this you take care on your own because uh, learning openings are much easy. I mean, you just get some chessable course, you buy some books and you are good to go on openings. So we take care of the other parts, middle game, end game and everything else. So um, dividing, uh, so that's the financial part and dividing time on improvement. Um, it largely depends on the rating, I would say. Uh, the lower the rating, the lower the priority of uh, opening. That mm-hmm. would be my suggestion. Uh, like, you know, openings, once again, you if you want to do openings, yeah. As I said, get some chessable course, get some books, learn opening, move on. But do not forget that, you know, you have to work on other areas of the game, like middle game, end game, analysis. So these things will be extremely important. And uh, yeah, that's what we are doing. Okay, good good advice. So, so it sounds like soft tactics, read books, the sort of usual um, advice. Do you have any advice of like how much tactics? Because I think people always sh- struggle with prioritizing different study tasks. Um, Is it too individual to say? Yes. Uh, I think first thing to understand is um, there is no thumb rule. I mean, what works for Anand will not work for Magnus. What works for Magnus will not work for Jan. Uh, Everybody will have to find their own recipe and own method. I mean, I can say, you know, go and solve uh, six hours of tactics, but the guy may not have six hours uh, time, first of all. Hmm. And uh, maybe he doesn't need that kind of tactics. Maybe he needs something else. Maybe he needs some sort of end games. Uh, So it has to be personalized. I mean, tactics is, of course, important, but so are end games, so are... uh, uh, other areas for example uh, we often underestimate uh, uh, how important uh, things are other than chess to improve chess like physical fitness like your personality let's not forget i mean sports is something where your true personality uh, you know uh, gets uh, revealed yeah. i am giving this interview right now you never know what is my personality because it's all masked right Right. I mean, I, I will not be talking the, in the same way when I'm talking with someone else. Uh, same is applicable to you. But when we are getting into sports, 
our true personality actually gets reflected who we are i mean if you want to judge me go and see my games uh, i mean not if you want to judge me if you want to analyze my uh, my personality i think uh, all my games are right there so you know you get to know me better just by looking at my games now as the personality develops as you get uh, you know your knowledge your your wisdom your your physical health your mental mental health then your chess also improves that's why you will always notice if you talk to uh, top players they are so versatile i mean not just in chess but in in life also they are so versatile uh, their knowledge their interest um, so these are the things sometimes it gets ignored sometimes we take chess as just like uh, like a school subject you know i memorize bunch of things i memorize certain end games i memorize certain openings and i'll go and play well but that will not happen because every time you will get into an unknown situation and you are not prepared like we are not usually prepared how to handle unknown situation we want everything under control but chess is like life it's full of uncertainty how good you are handling uncertain situation that is what will define how good you are as chess player you cannot have everything in control so how comfortable you are when things are uncomfortable that's what matters end of the day okay great advice and um one more on pro chess training um obviously uh, magesh last i checked was based in the united states but uh you and uh grandmaster ramasher in india i'm guessing a lot of your students are in india so um how do you guys account for all the time zone differences do you have a lot of students in europe and the us or i mean i'm guessing the the lessons are archived but are they like spread throughout the clock or how does all that work so that is why 5 uh, to 6 months went you know to structure the course to talk about the rating groups to talk about the time zones we expected students from everywhere and that's what happened actually uh, obviously it's more from us and india but also we got lots of european students so our classes are targeted in the following manner out of this weekly four classes three of them we get uh, so two of them are in weekends at 8 pm indian time so it also suits for the us students because it's weekends morning then we have two weekday classes one we keep at 8 pm uh, us time and one we keep at 8 pm indian time so we are basically saying you know whether you are from india or us you will actually attend three classes easily the fourth class uh, you can attend uh, you know if you are in india you have to wake up at 5:30 and in us uh, also you have to uh, attend uh, uh, on the on the daytime in in an office day but uh, office day or school day uh but all the videos are accessible so if you miss a class it uh, you still get the videos as long as your subscription is active you get all the pgns and everything we got many european students who are uh, attending this weekend classes and they are also relying on the videos so this is the best we could offer then there were some uh trouble we had initially before actually launching process training that we wanted to have training games this we felt very important for the students where you know we will select the positions theme best and they have to play against each other in that particular group now how to find a time which is suitable uh, for uh, indian student as well as us students that's why we have two training uh, games every week two blitz and rapid tournaments every week so again satisfying you know one training games will be at 8 pm indian time one Uh, will be at 8 pm us time it doubles our work 
but uh, that's how we solved it as far as the review test the homework is concerned that one we could solve you know it is just on the website it gets uh, uploaded uh, monday and then you have your entire week you can click it anytime the moment you click the time starts running and we get the data so it took a lot of time but i think we we found the solution for each and everything you you cracked the code yeah and yeah. of course uh, our interview is taking place at uh, 8 p.m indian time so yeah. <laughs> being that i'm in the united states um so um so yeah i i don't want to keep you for too long as listeners can gather so you're is extremely busy but i'd like to hear a couple of stories from you before we go and i have uh, one more listener question i want to get into but the first thing Surya, is I, he- I heard you mention in another interview, the and you mentioned the annual tournament in your native Kolkata. Um, you mentioned being the, the person who operates the demonstration board when uh, Anand came. And I believe you were nine years old, if my math was was right. Um, could could you give a little more detail on that story? I mean, I love these stories. There's They're kind of sprinkled throughout chess history of some like future grandmaster witnessing uh, some, you know, great player come and the, the imprint that it leaves. Uh, yeah, I mean, at least I can say that uh, to start with, Anand felt like a coconut tree back then. I mean, I was so little and he was so tall. I mean, it was just... <laughs> and uh, it was uh, it was very inspiring. I mean, for us, you know, like Anand was, uh, was our idol, our hero. Seeing him for the first time and getting a chance to... to uh, to work on that demonstration board and uh, play the moves, uh, what he was playing. Uh, I mean, clearly, I didn't understand a thing back then, but uh, <laughs> still, it was just inspiring. It was uh, also his personality was always very, uh, very charming. Uh, actually, even now, I mean, for for me, Anand is more like a brother, more like elder brother. I, I have to actually work hard to to digest that. You know, he is five times world champion. He is a legend. But each time I would talk to him, he's like he's just like a brother and uh, such an inspiration. So yeah, first time meeting him, and I also played uh, in the simultaneous with him, and um, which of course I lost uh, easily. But it turned out I was the last man standing there, so my game finished at the very end, and I was very proud of it back then. You know, like it it was like you know I I was holding with the uh, with this legendary player for long. For longest time, although I was lost as early as maybe 15 moves. Uh, all those memories are very vivid in my mind. Uh, I can I can I can literally see those uh, those moments as clearly uh, as possible. And um, yeah, all the childhood memories are um, are really awesome. I bet, and then of course. You even at that time, I think you were already becoming a, a top young player and um, your class, your birth year had like Grishuk, Aronian, like, and I know there's a bunch more. Could you could you help me out with like who else was born in that year? And I'm curious what sort of stories that leads to when you guys run into each other now. Um, well, for example, tournaments. this uh, I, I can tell you this 92 world under uh, 10 that I played. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was won by Maxion Luke. But um, the the participants in that tournament, uh, some of them were like uh, Levon Ironian, Grischuk, uh, there was uh, Bakrot, uh, there was uh, Vallejo Paco. Um, 
uh, Ruslan Parmaryov, he came in uh, 94, but also uh, similar uh, age group. Uh, then, um, yeah, then, then there were like a bunch of 2600. But, uh, you know, every tournament you go, there is Grischuk, Levon, uh, Backrod, <laughs> and so on. It's uh, it's not exactly super easy. And also, and I mean, how often? Nihua, for yeah. example. Uh, I'm not even counting the Grandmasters and uh, 2600. I remember there was uh, Azarov, there was Paragua, there were like bunch of uh, grandmasters but uh, so many so many strong players and what's your most memorable encounter with a future super grandmaster so someone you played when you were a kid that that ended up being one of these household chess names well i remember levon and grischuk i played a uh, number of games uh, levon uh, a backrot also i almost every every world championship match i would play uh, with the backrot then then paco as well so yeah, but uh, at some point, um, Backrod was dominating all this. Uh, all, uh, okay, I keep saying Backrod. I think the actual pronunciation is Backrow. Uh, yeah, this is a uh, French grandmaster, Etienne Backrow. Etienne Backrow, yeah, Etienne yeah. Backrow. So uh, he was dominating all this world championship. He would win uh, very convincingly. Um, my, I remember with Grischuk, I even. I even had done, if I remember correctly, yeah, it was adjourned even. I, I have to check, but I think this game was adjourned and it was played again uh, later. So so some some very interesting memories. I have a very funny memory with, uh, with Magnus, actually. So I'm playing in Dubai and Magnus is a young kid. Um, he comes with uh, slippers in, in his one hand, with raisins, with orange juice. And, you know, in Dubai, um, back then there used to be break, the prayer break, which would take place during the game. So there will be like 10, 15 minutes break. And Magnus would immediately uh, run to play football or, or <laughs> some ping pong during the game, basically, when the break takes place. And then when he comes back, he's completely drenched in sweat and then he starts playing. So I'm playing this kid who is uh, whose name is Magnus Carlsen. Okay, he's... Uh, Young, talented, but uh, definitely I'm expected to win this game. I'm black in this game. And I get brutally crushed. Like, brutally. <laughs> I am so devastated. And just to, you know, make my suffering more, uh, our our trainer, Vladimirov, who trained the Indian team for a long time, he comes to me and says, um, don't worry, Surya. You lost to a future world champion. Oh, now, wow. Now, this is the last thing I wanted to hear. I mean, who cares whether he becomes world champion or not? I mean, I just lost to a, uh, lost to a kid uh, very badly. How so, old do you think he was at this point? Uh, we, can, we can check this. This was uh, in Dubai, probably 13 or something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, 12, 13. But I'm, I'm pretty sure you can, this should be... Um, we, we can just Google this and figure it out. So, uh, but then... After a couple of rounds, uh, Magnus is playing Vladimirov and he met him brutally. And this time it was my turn, yeah? I went to Vladimirov and said, don't worry, Vlad, you lost to a future world champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, looks like it might have been in uh, 2004. So... Yeah, it's 2004, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> amazing story. Thank you. So, yeah, yeah. And yeah. one of a kind for sure. What a special talent. Um 
So we've got one more listener question, Surya, and this one is from a recent, I believe, uh, supporter of the podcast. Listeners who support Perpetual Chess, of course, can submit uh, questions for our guests. And uh, Satyajit Malagu, thank you for the support, Satyajit says, uh, after Anand, who is your favorite player and why? And he also asks, um, how are your ping pong skills these days? So you can take them in either order. <laughs> okay. All right, so ping pong skills. I, I play a lot, lots of sports. Ping pong, I uh, I started taking training very recently, so I, I wouldn't say it's great. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of um, picking up, although due to pandemic, it stopped and I'm uh, again planning to start it. So that's that's going on. And my favorite player, apart from Anand, actually, um, as, as a kid, when I started playing chess, always my favorite player has been Fisher, all-time favorite player. But as I grew up, uh, I kind of, uh, like right now, if you ask me who is my favorite player, I don't have any. Like that, that also includes Anand. I mean, um, I'm inspired by many players, but I don't have so-called any absolute favorite player. I like different styles in different players. I like uh, I like their approach. And it's actually unique in chess. You know, you can get to absolute highest level by having completely different uh, playing style. I mean, you can play like Karpov and become world champion. You can play like Kasparov and become world champion. Yeah, like uh, you can have different approach to the game, different style, and still be at the top. So, uh, yeah, right now I don't have any favorite player, but uh, I get inspiration from many players. Okay. including all our young players, by the way. Okay. I think that the reason, by the way, that Satyajit asked about ping pong is he said that he was once at a tournament with you where he played with you and a bunch of other top players were all playing ping pong. So, um, oh, wow. But, okay. Yeah. but uh, And I know that, as I mentioned earlier, I know you played badminton. I saw a picture of you doing yoga. So uh, definitely um, strong emphasis on fitness, which, of course, is to be commended. And I just realized there was one more question, if you're okay, Surya. Um uh, I you mentioned in an interview that you hadn't had any training until basically you, you were near Grandmaster level, and then you you uh, started training with Grandmaster legendary Latvian Grandmaster Alexei Shirov. Um, what what sort of lessons did you learn from that experience? So yeah, like my uh, my first uh, laptop was after I became Grandmaster. Before I became Grandmaster, I didn't have any laptop either. Um, I. I got a desktop also after I became like international master or something, but very basic. And uh, yeah, no no formal training by grandmasters or something. So I would consider my first, uh, you know, like uh, strong trainer would be Alexei. Uh, it was a very interesting experience. He is uh, he's special in his own way and uh, he's, uh, he's, he's very creative and... Uh, the passion for chess that I saw in Alexei um, is is uncomparable, actually. Actually, even now. In fact, I would like to emphasize on this. Uh, let me get back to pro-chess training. When I contacted Alexei, if he could take some classes on pro-chess training, he was like, yeah, sure, I will do it. And then I said, look, I mean, this is a startup company and uh, this is what we can offer you and so and so. And the classes are typically one hour live. The first thing he said, Surya, I mean, I cannot uh, work on the time constraint. I mean, one hour is, uh, I cannot work on one hour. <laughs> I said, uh, but we pay by per class and per class is this. And it's like, uh, that doesn't matter, but uh, finance is completely different. But one hour I cannot work. 
I'm like, That's okay, awesome. you can, you 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 can stretch it. I mean, all my classes are, for example, uh, my all my classes are goes uh, going up to one and a half hours. And I said, you know, a bit here and there is okay. Every time he would take class, minimum it would be like three hours. One day it was like five hours. That's amazing. Because wow. he starts enjoying it so much, and the students are completely glued. He is uh, he is enjoying it. So his passion is uh, huge. Huge respect for him. That's an amazing story. Uh, thank you. Um, so, Surya, I, again, I know you're super busy. Um, a- anything to add before we uh, we let you go? Yes. Uh, uh, the thing to add is uh, my uh, my greatest addition in my life. Um, my best teacher right now. Uh, I never got a better teacher than her. Her name is Arya Ganguly. <laughs> she was born on 3rd of January uh, 2021. And every moment that I spend with her is a learning for me. Even if one day I could um, enjoy the life the way she enjoys the life, the way she sees life, that is blissful. So every moment I'm learning for, from her. And um, yeah, life has changed in the most beautiful manner for me. Excellent. Shout out to Arya. And the fact that you've got a baby at home on top of all the other responsibilities you've enumerated makes me um, all the more grateful for your taking the time for this, Surya. So of course, uh, listeners can check out ProChessTraining.com if you're a Nimzo player or semi-tourage player or interested in becoming one. I definitely recommend Surya's course. And Surya, what was, sorry, could you tell us which tournaments we should root for you in uh, again before, yeah. uh, before we let yeah, you go? I, I'm playing in Sharjah, so that's happening in mid of September. Uh, there are some uh, some travel issues, but I, I am, I'm pretty sure I'll overcome them and I'll uh, I'll end up playing Sharjah. And then in October, I'll play Bundesliga. And actually, just before this interview, like literally just before this interview, 15 minutes before this, literally, uh, I got an invitation for uh, FIDE Grand Suisse uh, in Riga. Awesome. So, yeah, so I'll be playing that too. All right. Well, congratulations. And again, we'll be tuning in and uh, rooting for, for you. And you're reasonably active on Twitter, just in terms of keeping up with you. Are there any other uh, social media people should be aware of, Surya? Sure. Thank you. Th- thanks a lot, Ben. It was, uh, it was fantastic. I uh, enjoyed uh, talking with you. Thank you. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks to everyone who helps make Perpetual Chess possible, most of all to my producer, Matthew Passy. I also would like to thank everyone who helped spread the word about the show. Did you guys know that there's still people who have not heard of the Perpetual Chess podcast? There's even chess players who have not heard of the Perpetual Chess podcast. So we need to fix that. And the ways to do that include writing positive reviews on podcast platforms or YouTube comments telling friends, all that stuff makes a difference in helping spread the word about the show. But of course, I most of all want to thank people who provide financial support to the show. Without you all, Perpetual Chess would not be possible. So without further ado, I would like to give thanks to the following people and entities. Chessable.com, David Lazarus of LazmanChess.com, coach of Dave's Young Tigers on Lee Chess, Quality Chess Books, the Capital City Chess Club, the Abysmal Depths of Chess Blog, Adapta Interactive Web Designs and Services, Apprentice Twitch Channel, Anidi Deer, Austin Clough, Benjamin Porto, Bill Sigler, Kathy Carr, Chad Oliver, the Charlotte Chess Center, the Chess Central's Chess Blog, ChessMood.com, Chris Flanagan, Chris Lott, Dan O'Hanlon, Daniel Heath, Danny Davidson, David Mitchell, David Schreiber, I am Dimitri Schneider, I am Eric Rosen, Eric Tam, Farhan Thawar, 
Barasawaf, Gary Foreman, Glenn Downing, Greg Harfst, I am Greg Shahadi, Gregory Gullick, James Holyhead, James Kennedy, Jay Garrison, Jeff Martinson, Jeff Schaefer, Jeremy Nielsen, John Jernigan, John Rockefeller, John MacArthur, Kevin Forsythe, Kevin O'Callaghan, King Cell, The King's Crusher YouTube channel, Lucio Casada Silva, The Law Officers of Stuart Katz, Matthew Feeney, Michael Can, FM Michael Oblin, Mr. Mike Shahadi, the famous Mr. Dodgy, the Nerd Nays Twitch channel, Grandmaster Peter Prohaska, Peter Sodi, Philip Flummins, the Playmore Chess Academy of the Hamden Chess Club, Reuven Fisher, Ross Crossland, Seattle Chess Club, Shane Unger, Stefan Kelty, Stephen Martinez, Sven Gearson, Thomas Stanix, Thomas Tachenko, Todd Bryant of StrongChess.com, Todd Kennedy, the Vintage Patsers, which is a Chess.com improver group, Wayne Beam, William Hogarth, and I also would like to thank Ace Baega, Adam Ralph of ChessEngland.com, Adrian Gutierrez, Al Hastings, Alan and Maggie Sue, Alex Pejas, Alexander Markovitz, Antonio Cancino, Antonio K. Leonfort, FM Andre Terakov, Dr. Andrew Perry, Angus McLeod, Barry Hessian, Bill Juniper, Bill Moran, Bill Trammell, Brad and Andy Rosen, Brett Howard, Lynn, Brian, Chase, Brian, Mullis, Bruce Scott, Brian Tillis of Palm Beach Chess, Cameron Davis, Chad Hilton, Chesspats of Spain, Dr. Charles Snodgrass, Chris Kiefer, Chris Wayne Scott, Christopher Baumgartner, Christopher Shabri, Christopher Wood, I am Christoph Zalecki, a.k.a. Chess Explained, Coach Jay's Chess Academy, Costa Carras, Courtney Fry, Craig Mallon, Daniel Ginsberg, Daniel Naylor, Dave Saylor, David Blaskotschek, David Brown, David Hamblin, David Cramley, Dalen Shelton, Tennis Parrish, FM Donnie Ariel, Dwayne Edmonds, Ed Daly, Ed Mead, Edwin Rodriguez, Ethan Smith, Evan Rosenberg, Ewan Richardson, Ian Mason, Felipe Melo Padilla, Fox Valley Chess Club of Aurora, Illinois, Francis Latarte Lavoire, Dr. Frank Tortoris, Frank Zananis, Gary Andrews, Gary Lewis, Gautam Narula, Gene Stewart, George Harris, Giovanni Russo, Han Shute, Harish Srinivasan, Howard Bihan, Jacob Kovach, Jason Apollo, Jason Murray, Jacques Perry, James Aspinwall, James Benastio, James Muir, Jason Woolham, Jadeep Chakrabarty, Jeff Anderson, Jeffrey Martello, Yep Hoyland, Jerry Wells, Jesse Takumos, Jesse McNulty, Jim Ratliff, Joe Dasano, Joe Valdez, Joel Thomas Ramos, John McAdams, John Tully, Juan Almagar, Dr. John Fallon, John Fernandez, John Fontaine, John Hartman, John Jeffrey, John McMurtry, Jonathan Slater, John Quist, John Tully, Jose Rodriguez, Justin Gardner, WGM Jen Shahadi, Joel Rocky, John Thompson, Grandmaster Josh Friedel, I am Kare Christensen, WGM Katarina Nemsova, Kelly Palmer, Kevin Pryor, I am Kostya Kravutsky, Krishna Gopala Krishnan, Kyle McAvoy, Larry Cook, Larry Ryforth, Laura Boyovsky, Macaulay Peterson, Maria Emelianovas, aka Photo Chess, Mark Shaves, Mark Fitzpatrick, Mark Miller, Mark Wilkins, Marco Bulatovich, Martin Knudsen, Martin Krug, Matthew Tedesco of SeattleChessMeetup.org, Matthias Plock, the Mechanics Institute Chess Club of San Francisco, Michael Allard, Michael Hudson, Mike Clem, Mitchell Fabian, Nate Gobel, Nate Solon, Neil Bruce, Negmat Malajanov, Nicholas Isabel, Olaf Mueller-Michaels, GM Pascal Charbonneau, Cassie Passanen, Paul Blaine, Bain, Paul Clarkson, Paul Sweeney, Paulo Santana, Peter Lux, Queenside Management Limited of Switzerland, Randall Temple, Ricky Grijalva, 
Richard Hallenbach, Richard Tucker, Robert Callahan, Robert Titi, Robert Turner, Rory Coleman, Rory Yearwood, Ryan Berg, The Say Chess YouTube Channel and Publishing Empire, Scott McKinnon, Scott Rose, Sean Krause, Sebastian Finsterwalder, Sergey McCagan, Seth Ruzica, Sean Tracy, Silver Knights in Richmond, Stefan Roller, WGM Tatev Abrahamian, Thomas Brown, Tim Brennan of TacticsTime.com, Tim Seymour, Timothy Ha, FM Timothy Wall, Tobiah Rex, Tom Edsel, Tommy Farron, Tony Rotella, Tyron Price, Vishnu Srikumar, William Brock, William Peterson, FM Zhao Cheng of Chess1000.com, and Jivko Stoyanov. Thanks to you all for the support, and we will catch you all next week. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.